and welcome to Reptory Screenings, episode 12. We've done a dozen of these. A dozen podcasts. We've done 12 podcasts in our life. I'm here with my usual co-host, Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Hi. And we're here to talk about movies. It's it's Halloween time. Yes. And by which I mean the month of October, and thus we are dragging Jackson through a couple uh, Halloween-themed movies. Uh, yep. They've been very nice and not picked scary movies, just halloween movies that fit with the theme but i the world's biggest horror movie baby will be fine with yeah tried very hard um succeeded so, on this one yeah um let's just get into it why not uh this week we are watching near dark which is a movie directed by Catherine bigelow written by eric red and Catherine bigelow it came out in october uh 2nd 1987 uh and this movie is a western slash vampire film. Jackson, do you want to briefly summarize the film? Um, I suppose so. Uh, let me get the page up. I wasn't expecting to do this, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I literally just watched it about half an hour ago. Uh, it is about a man uh, named Caleb who is trying to chat up this girl uh, who he's taken, like, given a lift home, but turns out she's a vampire. Uh, she bites him and runs away, uh, and he starts uh, burning up as the sun rises, uh, but the vampires come and collect him, because, you know, he's a vampire now, so they kind of got to take care of him, and they don't want to be discovered. Uh, so they come and collect him in an RV, uh, and they are very bad news, all of them. Uh, there are five vampires, I think? Am I forgetting one? No, I think it's just five. Um... There is uh, the leader, Jesse Lance Henriksen. Uh, he he has a partner called Diamondback. Diamondback. Uh, Diamondback. Like a snake. Like a snake. And there's Severin, who's the unhinged dude who just wants to kill everything. Uh, and there's May, who is the, the girl he ran into. Uh, and then there's the, the kid vampire called Homer. Um, and the movie, for the most part, is them just running away uh trying to live their life as he adjusts to being a vampire uh while his dad looks for him as he witnessed this random rv just steal his son from a field in the morning <laughs> <laughs> so he's having a very normal time uh, uh caleb is having a bad time adjusting to being a vampire the vampires around him are all uh very scary uh they keep wanting him to murder so he can like you know get into the vampire life because he's got to kill people to drink uh but he's unwilling to do it uh, in a bar, they go into a bar, uh, they kill everyone in the bar, take take all the blood, and uh, Caleb's about to have his first kill, but he lets the guy go because he's just so scared. Uh, so the cops come after them, but he does save him from the cops because, uh, like, like any hero, <laughs> Caleb will uh, not kill an innocent man, but he will not hesitate to fuck up some cops. <laughs> um, later, at another motel where they're lying low, um, they run into... Uh, Caleb's family who have been looking for him um, specifically by Homer the kid vampire wanting to turn uh, Caleb's kid sister and have a, have a friend uh, but uh, they escape by like just opening up the door letting the sunlight in um, Caleb goes home they do a blood transfusion and it fixes him of his vampirism just like that he's free uh, but obviously not because the vampires come back they kidnap his sister uh, and they're here to get revenge and it leads to this massive showdown with, first of all, uh, him versus uh, Severin by, like, Severin reaching onto the front of, uh, what are those trucks called? The ones that carry the, the petrol. Tankers. About, tankers like, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Tanker truck. <laughs> tanker truck. Tanker, thank you. 
Uh, also, I said petrol. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was like, I, was, I was like, wait, what part of that was funny? Right, yes. Um, so that, that explodes, kills Severin. Uh, then they're making off with them, with his kid, with his kid sister. Uh, but May like throws her out the back window uh, to stop them from turning her. Uh, Homer follows, but like burns up in the sun and explodes. Uh, and th- he does. No, uh, we'll talk about it. Just keep going. Okay. Um, and then uh, Jesse and Diane back make one last doomed charge uh, at Caleb, but they burn up and explode before they can hit him. And he takes May home and cures her of the vampirism. And she's like, "Uh oh, this is weird." And they hug to an uncertain future. The end. Good job. Yeah, that's basically exactly what happens. The reason I laughed is because when uh, Homer is running towards him and on fire, and it's a really good optical effect of the fire superimposed on him for 87. Honestly, it's impressive just without even like a context of a year. It looks really good. I was like, he's just going to explode as like a joke. And then he actually (laughs) exploded. I was so excited. Uh, This movie knows what's up. Yeah. Uh, This is... uh, uh, you, Destiny, do you want to go first since you uh, pick? Uh, you didn't pick because you've seen it before. And, yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite vampire films. I uh, love that originally they wanted to make a western, but then I think Fright Night and Lost Boys came out, and it was sort of this thing where oh, serious non-comedic vampire movies are actually pretty lucrative so they decided to combine the two genres of western and vampire film and this is what they got and i think this movie sometimes the plot isn't great like the fact that the transfusions cure the vampirism doesn't make any sense to me but like all the bits that make it a western like all the beautiful shots of like just the plains and the <laughs> open skies full of color and these sort of almost film noir touches these like shadows and fog and smoke there's all just i don't know it's it's, it's a painterly movie it's very very beautiful yeah it really is it looks great yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, the uh, cinematographer on this uh, is Adam Greenberg, who uh, went on to win an Oscar for Terminator 2. So <laughs> I know Jackson doesn't like Terminator. He also did Terminator. Like he's working with, he worked with them, obviously. Uh, I yeah. don't think uh, the Wikipedia suggests that Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron weren't married yet when they made this movie, but um, were eventually. Yeah, I assume maybe they were dating because there are references to aliens in this movie. James Cameron's in it, and originally Michael Bean was going to play the Lance Hendrickson role and turned it down because he was like, "I don't think I don't I find the script confusing." (laughs) (laughs) That that made me laugh out loud when I read that in the uh, in the uh, Wikipedia. That was very funny to me. Mm -hmm. It's weird because like I watched this movie and. Uh, I wasn't sure how I felt about it because it's like a really, like, Catherine Bigelow clearly likes Westerns and wanted to shoot like a very stock Western. And so the Western parts are incredible and iconic. And like the scene where Caleb's coming home as the sun's rising and he's like smoking as he collapses in the field over and over again is just really good. Uh, you know, like gunfighters been shot down, coming back to his ranch or whatever. Um, uh, but then, like, the vampires show up and it just turns into, this, like, this weird, ar- like, anarchic 
uh, like gang movie for a little while, and I found it really jarring and kind of off-putting. Like if I'd watched this movie as a kid, like when I was just like watching whatever horror movies on TV, I think I'd find this movie like way too weird and dark to enjoy, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of it is like really uncomfortable. And I wasn't sure through a large portion of it how we were supposed to feel about the vampires, because uh, in 2019, I generally feel like vampires are depicted as cool bad cool or cool bad guys and that's it um and these ones are like really deliberately contemptible and shitty uh in ways that i found really interesting and honestly kind of refreshing um like uh destiny talked about uh fright night and fright night has uh chris sarandon as the vampire and he's a real shitbag but he's like really uh charismatic and funny in that movie yeah uh and this movie doesn't really play with that like the closest you get is bill paxton who thinks that he's like charismatic and sexy but is just the grossest man in the world he's such an asshole uh yeah everyone's a real asshole in this movie Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just kind of has like an unhinged energy there's a bit where caleb and may uh hitch a ride with a trucker as she's like leading him through his like first kill as they're gonna kill this trucker and the trucker is this guy who's just like hopped up on trucker speed in the middle of the night teaching him how the brakes work because it's chekhov's gun for how he eventually kills severin at the end of the movie um and that guy is just like unhinged in the truck and his way is just as scary as the vampires, but in like a much more normal way. There's like a real sense that like the humans are also awful and live in this weird like liminal space where everything sucks all the time. <laughs> like the the cop in the bus stop, the, the guy who runs the bus stop kiosk, uh, like everyone just has this like cruelty and like griminess to them. Yes. That is really striking to me. Uh, yeah, that was the thing that just struck out to me is that just like it made being here seem just unpleasant at all times. There was no like joy uh, to um, any of the like just, where, just anywhere in this movie, right? Like, uh, so with one exception, what's the, the exception of family? <laughs> of of your of your very buff extremely rugged dad, <laughs> my, my grizzled vet father. Yeah. And my and that's veterinarian, uh, sassy... not veteran. Yes, yes, and and my and my uh, sassy little sister, and and the horse that I have that just has weirdly intense eyes. The horse seems like he's constantly about to stab someone. Sure, that does. horse is a method actor. We decided yes. when we watched it last night. We were like, this horse is an actor. Method horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, one thing about this movie, if I just kind of get a little sad, I did not realize how much I miss Bill Paxton until we watched this. He's mm-hmm. so, he's having so much fun. Yeah. He brings a lot to that slime ball and that bow oh, sure. tie and that mullet and just all those good, uh, what is it, Texas looks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a real asshole. <laughs> yeah. It just makes the the eighties just seem like the most depressing place alive. Like, well, oh, it, go on, sorry. It just like the, everywhere just feels like a dystopia in this movie. It it's shot in the same way. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of any specific examples, but like, you know, it's not that far off from how Mad Max treats stuff, apart from the desert part, right? Like, uh. 
things are just shitty everyone hates each other uh and the vampires being this weird like fantasy gang in the middle of it definitely provides that energy uh and it, it just feels very strange um throughout the film like the sense i got was like the scripts there's probably a version of the script uh you could write that's much more stock uh that just does the beats of this same story but like earnestly throughout and this felt very like we're gonna do the normal b movie thing and he'll you know save the day and get the girl and everything but none of it's gonna feel satisfying it's just gonna feel grimy and uncomfortable yeah uh i have two things uh first i circling back around before i get to you responding to you uh bill paxton directed a movie called frailty that he stars in um from 2001 that anyone who's missing bill paxton me and destiny watched this last year and it's it's really good it's about him as this like religious fanatic who thinks that he's tasked with uh hunting demons who are disguised as people and he ropes his two children into it um and it's just like a really good uh like psychological horror movie do recommend yes highly Uh, and uh to your point uh the thing about like the vampire gang is they're a vampire gang in like the rural south in the 80s so there's nothing to do like it they can only go out at night and that means that they're just like tearing through abandoned industrial areas or hanging out at truck stops because there's nothing <laughs> there's just fucking nothing to like there's no nothing around there's nothing to do everything's closed everyone's at home uh it's just like the most bleak version of this. And the thing it made me think of was uh interview with a vampire. Uh, there's this bit towards the end where uh, Louis, the main character is like, now that mod- modernity's happened, like I can go into a movie theater and see the sun. I can go anywhere that's open 24 hours. Cause I live in a big city and big cities just thrive on 24 hour cycles. It's much easier to be a vampire now. And I'm like, not for these fucking people who just have to live this life in the middle of nowhere. They seem to like it, though, because if you think about it, like, if they've been alive a long time, they mm-hmm. get to travel, and you kind of get the impression that they do like the fact that they just kind of wreck, they disrupt the uh, sort of quietude of these areas, and they're into it. They're into the fact that they can just go to these, like, scuzzy truck stop bars and kill these people. Like, I don't know, there's something... Mm-hmm about that aesthetic that appeals to them they they revel in it yeah i mean uh bill paxton's character is like a kind of like a greaser biker guy and then lance hendrickson's character is like a civil war soldier uh, who's very he's like i fought for the confederacy uh so he's definitely they're both like wrapped up in this idea of like southern biker cowboy aesthetic right like severin literally walks around with spurs on that he uses to kill people (laughs) Uh, absolutely uh like i think what was i gonna say i I had a point but now i've forgotten it because that's good podcasting no (laughs) i can talk about something while you think yeah please uh another movie this put me in mind of because there's a lot of like i said noir touches the jacques tournier movie nightfall from 1957 which is set in rural wyoming and there's a lot of um sequences of just rural areas but it's also got that gritty noir feeling like this movie even though it's set in oklahoma and texas and all over the rural uh midwest and south like 
This is the movie we watched, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's an early sequence in Nightfall that takes place, like, around two pumping oil machines that is, like, literally replicated exactly in this movie, because there's a bit where they get into, like, a fight right outside, like, two of those. Might as well be the same shot. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really cool, actually. <laughs> like, And then just how the movie is so dark. Like, there are scenes where, uh, like, his father goes into the police, or the sheriff's uh department to like you know get some information and the whole room is just hazy with cigarette smoke and then somebody pours a cup of coffee and the smoke from the coffee looks like it's filling the room and there are a lot of scenes where just people's faces are hidden in the shadows and uh i can't i don't know i keep just saying this over and over but i i love I just love the way this movie looks. Yeah, uh, they're in the sequence where they get in a shootout with um, the cops in this dingy hotel room. Like it's shot like as during the day, and since they're vampires and the rooms are dark, it's just like the bodies as silhouettes in the like hotel room lit by the wind, like light filtering through the windows, and you can just identify everyone by their voices and mannerisms. And it's like really confident and really good at like. These are people who are just not fit for the daytime. Um, and then in the middle of this, like, brutal, like, sun-drenched, like, Western crime movie shootout, uh, being forced in that situation is just, like, a really good clash of genre. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure that that sequence is highly referenced in uh, Devil's Rejects, the Rob Zombie movie, where a family of uh, just psychotic murderers also gets in a big shootout with the police. It's very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of like referential things, uh, if you've ever watched Buffy, this them driving the van as they're like taping up the windows and putting uh, like spray paint on all like the, the main window and uh, putting foil over everything is literally how Spike drives every time he has to drive somewhere. Um, like them running into a vehicle with like a blanket over them is literally a thing Buffy lifts. I, I, it has to be from this movie. <laughs> it has to be. There's no way. Like even the RV is the same. Yes. Yeah. Like there's multiple shots of Buffy of Spike driving away somewhere, like smoking under his blanket in the daytime in his like spray painted up car. Mm-hmm. Which is very funny. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. It's great. <laughs> uh, the thing I was going to say that i remembered is that uh the movie like does begin by doing like the very modern vampire thing right where she's like oh i'm not someone you've ever met before like i'll be i'll be here when that star dies like you know uh so it's not unaware of the romanticism of like modern vampires even in this time right like it is totally aware of that and then it like reveals the truth of her life and it's the most miserable life like she doesn't seem happy there um yeah the humanity uh the mortals you know they don't seem to have any better a life like being a vampire it seems like it'd be super appealing as an alternative to living this life yeah it i feel like that stuff is definitely like influenced by the hunger which come out a couple years before this which is a movie all about vampires in this existential state because living forever uh is weird and difficult (laughs) Um, that's, that's a, that's also a very good eighties vampire movie. Turns out the eighties vampire movies are all pretty good. Everyone I've seen. Yeah. I've not seen a bad one. <laughs> the only one, I, the only one, the only major one I haven't seen is lost boys at this point. Yeah. Lost boys is a 
different flavor film. It's, yeah. it's definitely more about the vampires being cool and sexy, but also, you know, very young and hip. And uh, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It also has both Corys in it, which just automatically makes the movie a little hokier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I do think it's interesting, like, the ways in which this movie treats the vampirism as just, like, a blood disease that you can transfuse out if you go to the vet. Uh, <laughs> it, it's such a strange choice because, like, uh, I, like vampirism is always, to me, played, be- like, more as, like, a, as a like, metaphysical, dis- like, it's a, it's a spooky magic disease, right? Like, you, it's not just, like, my blood cells are weird, and if you replace them, I'll go back to being a human. Uh, and it's such a strange choice. I don't dislike it, uh, but, like, there's a, this movie, like, going to Caleb becoming human again and May becoming human again could veer really hokey if it didn't, like, kind of earn a little victory by being just the bleakest film through most of its runtime. Yeah, also it doesn't really play that as, like, the triumph that you easily could, right? Mm. Uh, like, because the movie ends, and their, like, final moment isn't inspiring in any way. May's just kind of confused. Well, she does hug him, and they get the Rocky freeze frame, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't feel, like, I don't feel the triumph in that. The movie's too unsettling and weird. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely at least got the sense myself watching it that... You don't know if the end of the movie is, oh, hooray, I'm human again. Or like, oh, I'm human again. Because she, like, based her entire identity around, like, no, I do like being a vampire. Even though it was obviously miserable for her. But, like, it was what she had. So, like, her entire, like, sense of self was wrapped up in that. And so she mm-hmm. comes at the end and she's human again. And she's got this guy. But I don't, like, you know, his home life wasn't necessarily amazing, right? Like, mm-hmm. all the people in the movie is depressed. You don't, I don't get the sense that this is, like, a victory for any of these characters. I think that the uh, sort of family that, you know, will hunt you down until they find you, try to go above the law, he even involved, like, this little sister of his should not be going along with the dad <laughs> to Lee's motels to find Caleb, but he brings her along. Uh, and I think the contrast between, like, this weird chosen family of vampires who all seem to hate each other mm-hmm. and don't actually, like, look out for each other. Diamondback and, um, I can't think of Lance Hendrickson's character's Jesse. name all of a sudden. Sorry? Jesse. Jesse and Diamondback seem to be the only ones who actually, like, care for each other in a real way. Uh, so I think they're trying to sh- show you, like, Caleb and May could you know, be there for each other and take care of each other the way that his family's taking care of him and her, you know, they could take care of her. But yeah, no, other than that, it is, it isn't a victory. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it definitely plays in the space of like desperados versus like the rancher family. Right. Cause the Western part of this is still really apparent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, Despite the fact that, like, the, the the bandit group is, like, all awful people, like, they do have a found family that they care about. Um, like, it's interesting that May is the one that breaks off being the one who was most recently turned because she was like, I've only been a vampire for four years. Uh, and everyone else has been around for much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get this sense of, like, the families that pull away and the families that form. Uh, that's really interesting. Um, and also, like, it's... I, uh, another vampire movie. I, we just keep talking about other movies that this movie makes me think of. <laughs> but um, 
The other movie this made me think of, because it's also like a Western vampire movie, is John Carpenter's Vampires. Um, which is a movie about like a, Va- a Vatican vampire hunter played by James Woods who goes around like a t- like staking vampires in New Mexico, uh, which is also Western, but plays in a much more like aggressively icky space of like they are bounty hunters who are fight like destroying mostly like Mexican vampires. And it feels almost like an immigration metaphor, um, which is it's an interesting movie. I would not call it like age particularly well. Uh but there's uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, and that is much more of like the like post uh, from dusk till dawn, sun drenched uh, version of like dusty vampires mixed with like you know like Latino culture uh, that that movie plays in. Uh, mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Like this movie, uh, despite being set like in what is it Texas and, and Oklahoma, is like aggressively white. Uh, yes, and. I, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's a few black people. They're kind of not really... I don't know. There's no commentary mm-hmm. or anything. Oh, yeah, but uh, I was thinking specifically that sequence where he goes to the bus stop and is, like, tur- just about to turn, so he's all, like, sweaty and gross, and the cop comes up to him with his, like, outrageous cop face and just is like, what are you on, kid? Like, it's a like a 1950s marijuana PSA. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the gr- like, the shittiest version of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> everything sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I ended up really enjoying this movie. I, I think it has a lot going on in it. And like we all said, it looks incredible. Yes, um, it looks incredible. Which uh, is fair. I mean, uh, I'm not like a super fan of Catherine Bigelow's current filmic output or the last decade or whatever, but uh, knows how to make a good looking movie. Have you seen anything since Hurt Locker? <laughs> No, but that was about a decade ago. <laughs> like, I wasn't gonna watch. I wasn't gonna watch the "What If Torture Was Good" movie. Like, I saw that movie because I was. It was like came and, out in the period and I was seeing. Did anybody the watch Detroit? I don't think so. That did not come out in the period I was seeing anything in the theater. So I did not. <laughs> okay. I was like, I, I agree. Movie's bad, but you haven't seen though. <laughs> I mean, it's th- there's only two after the Hurt Locker. Her Locker is a pretty good movie. I don't know if it like holds up thematically, but it convinced all of us that Jeremy Renner was like a good actor. So, so it's it actually a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the worst thing that's ever happened to cinema. Also, I saw that movie because uh, Guy Pierce was in it, and I like Guy Pierce a lot. Uh, if you've seen that movie, <laughs> extremely owned because he blows up five minutes into the film. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> it is really good. Um, oh. anyway, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say about this one. Yeah. I just really liked it. I'm, I'm glad that I was po- pointed onto it because I, you know, there are things I like about these kind of genres and dark horror movies or whatever, that if they're not scary, uh, but I don't know from the outside. So I'm not, I'm not going like, to yeah, watch one I, of these by choice. I wasn't, I wasn't sure how scary it was, except for the part where, uh, every list just had it as like Western crime movie. And I was like, okay, this is probably not actually like a horror movie. Right. And it was great. Um, but I, I, I need someone to tell me what the ones that I won't be, uh, a, a big terrified are. Jackson, I, if you if you want some extra credit homework, I would really like for you to watch Fright Night before we have another episode. Fright Night, cool. yeah. I don't think not Fright the Night remake. Oh, not the one yeah. with David Tennant in it. No, no. 
That movie is actually more interesting than it probably should be, but it's not. It's not the one. Uh, I think you'll be. I think you'll be fine. It's not. It's not particularly spooky or anything. Cool. Um, it's good. Uh, it's got. Uh, it's got Roddy McDowell in it, and you like Roddy McDowell. I do. So, um, I think that's it. We didn't have questions because it was only a week, and I forgot to put out a call. So. Unfortunately, no questions this time. If people want to send questions, uh, they can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. A bit of a shorter episode, but that's all right. We went last week, you know. Um, We'll be back on our every other week schedule now that we're back on track. Um, Next time, Jackson, what are we watching? We are watching Creepshow. Yeah, uh, the 1982 movie. Uh, trying to get Jackson to watch a horror movie and creep show, I think will be fine because it's a movie for children. I mean, <laughs> God damn it. I've seen the shining. I've seen, well, I say I've seen kill us. That's not really a good fit. Kill us is fucking terrifying, but I have, like, oh, I mean, creep shows really like legit, like genuinely schlocky. Like it's meant to be that like, like it's a riff on like EC horror comics and stuff. So it'll be fine. Yeah. Like it's not, I haven't seen nothing, but I just mm-hmm. do avoid them generally. <laughs> Yes, it is a George Romero movie who already makes movies that are like, I think, genuinely pretty watchable, even if you don't like horror. Um, And the movie is like a bunch of shorts and most of them are like goofy, scary. Like it's literally I I saw this movie literally as a child and thought it was like funny then. So I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I've seen Shaun of the Dead. It's fine. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Uh, If you want to watch that in the UK, where can they do that? Uh, You can do that by renting it from Amazon or or iTunes, basically. It's not on any services. Yep. Uh, uh, here you can also rent it, you know, uh, get movies however you get them, but it's not streaming anywhere. It's streaming on this weird thing called Fubo TV, um, which I think is just one of those, like, cable package streaming services. that No one has those. <laughs> so, <laughs> unless you really like sports, I guess. I Like, that's clearly who those are for, right? Probably. Because you get you get the sports channels that don't have streaming services. Uh, you know, if you want to watch live sports, you need one of these if any, or cable. If any lucky listeners happen to be subscribed to Fubo, I guess now's your time. Yeah, congrats. Do you know there's a creep show television show that is on? It's on Am- Shutter, Amazon. Can't tell. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> well, you, you don't know, and we don't know, so none of us know that. <laughs> it's from this year. Uh, it says Creep Show streaming on Shutter. So yeah, Shutter must have made a Creep Show television show this year, which is weird. Weird. Cool. Um, but that's it. Uh, Destiny, where can people find you online? At Bridge Buzz now on Twitter.com. Uh, Jackson. You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find other podcasts that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. There's a whole bunch there. You're watching the yeah. Ghibli movies and on that in and then an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find me at em underscore being on Twitter. Um, you can support all of our shows, including this one, at patreon.com slash mapping. Keep the lights on, uh, roof over our head. It'll be much appreciated. For $1, you get the Great Gundam Project, which is me and Jackson talking about Gundam every week. Uh, we're coming up right on the end of Victory Gundam. We're about to start G Gundam, which is a show that's actually streaming for the first time. So if you want to get in on Gundam, it's not tied to anything else. It's just a show that's on... Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll? Yeah. Um, which most people have either through Verve or Crunchyroll. You could just watch along with us. It'll be great. Um, so look forward to that. Um, 
Also, by the next time we convene, all of us will have seen Gemini Man, the new Ang Lee movie. <laughs> yeah, so we will. You, we, might, we might talk about that a bit. But to um, be fair, we're seeing it in two days, so we might have already forgotten it by the time we next record. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it, we don't all line up the movie that we've watched that's like on our own time this often. And it's not for anything else, so we might as well talk about it a little bit. Um, I'm mostly curious because high frame rate and I like Ang Lee. So <laughs> if it wasn't for both of those things, I wouldn't go see it in a theater. <laughs> Um, but, uh, until next time, uh, you might watch the movies, but what should they not do, Jackson? Don't expect to like them. All right. Okay. <laughs> the further we get from Mikey and Nicky, the funnier that becomes to me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. I agree. <laughs>